Hey there, and welcome to the Brave Marriage Podcast. I'm Kenzie Dazinski, a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified professional coach. And I'm Evan Dazinski. And this is a podcast for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and lead mutually empowered, purposeful lives. We are now on the back end of our Seven Lessons in Seven Years series, and today we're coming at you with the lesson we learned in year five. Now, for those of you just joining us, this summer series has served as an opportunity not only to introduce you to Evan, the man who's usually behind the podcast editing, but also to allow you to hear from him to get both of our perspectives, where normally you only hear from me. And I just wanted listeners to have a husband's perspective on some of these things as well. All right, picking up where we left off last week, after a year of trying to conceive and our pregnancy loss, we spent that next year wading our way through what felt like the wilderness, wouldn't you say, Ev? Yeah, it was definitely the wilderness. When it comes to infertility, a lot of times, especially for me, you don't expect those things to happen. And it was just really hard. You think you got things figured out and then something like that comes along and you hit pause on your life for a moment and just kind of have to take it all in, reevaluate and think about what life is going to look like moving forward. During that time, we really had this feeling of our life being deconstructed. Everything that we knew or we thought we knew, it was all changing. So it felt like a time where we were forced to really grow and do so quickly. Yeah, and we don't want to spend a lot of time here. Maybe that will be for another episode. But we just wanted to say that the middle was hard. The middle was also necessary for where we ended up. But as we explain what happened and how we came out on the other side, I just want to be sure that you don't get the impression that it was easy in any way (laughs) based on the way that we're more easily able to talk about it now. Like we've said, this was a two-year journey and a deconstruction period for us from start to finish. So if you're in the middle of something that you didn't expect or you're deeply struggling with right now, we can relate to the unknown and the uncertainty and the confusion that you may be feeling. So through that journey, we experienced something called post-traumatic growth, which because I don't specialize in trauma, I didn't even know was a thing. But according to the Post-Traumatic Growth Research Group at UNC Charlotte's Department of Psychology, post-traumatic growth is a transformation or positive change experienced as the result of a struggle with a major life crisis or traumatic event, of which we had both. It's a result that can occur after a season of suffering that's defined by the following elements. A newfound appreciation of life a sense that new possibilities and opportunities have opened up that weren't present before, a newfound personal strength that if I can endure this, then I can endure anything, a spiritual deepening and or change in belief system, and closer relationships or a deepened sense of connectedness to others who've suffered in similar ways. So as soon as we came across this term and this definition, we realized It 100% lined up with our experience of the two-year journey we just walked through, and we'll share more about that next week. But what we want to share with you today is the deconstruction phase of each of these categories and the existential questions we were asking along the way, so that you can evaluate these things for yourself and ask these questions in your own life and in your own time. 
Yeah, and deconstruction might sound a little bit scary or a little bit weird. Like, what does that even mean? But in my eyes, deconstruction is a really good thing. And it's something that because of our experience of the pregnancy loss and then the infertility journey, that it just came naturally in this post-traumatic growth stage. And so deconstruction really is just reevaluating your life and figuring out why is it that we're doing the things that we're doing? Why is it that we believe the things that we believe? What is the trajectory of our lives? And just kind of taking that all in. And that can be a really positive thing because it keeps you from moving forward in your life and ending up somewhere that you don't want to end up. And we acknowledge that some seasons are busier than others. That sometimes you feel like you're just trying to survive a season. You're just trying to get through it, let alone having the time to step back and evaluate it. We get that. And we also realize that by the grace of God, like Evan said, this journey happened for us organically and not to mention out of an experience that we wouldn't wish on anyone ever. But we do want to share these questions with you to reflect on in your own time because in our experience, learning to live life more consciously has been the best way to live. So Evan, would you mind to break down the first category that I mentioned? So the first category from the definition was finding appreciation or joy in life. So some of the questions that you might ask yourself are, what are things that I enjoy? And what are some of my favorite things in life? When was the last time I stopped to appreciate the life I do have? What basic aspects of daily life do I tend to take for granted? How often do I complain compared to how often I express gratitude? What or who do I count as blessings or gifts in my life? If I had a free day, how would I spend it? What does that say about what I most value in life? So for me personally, as I walked through the experience that Kenzie and I had, I really started to appreciate her in my life and our marriage. I had mentioned this in a previous episode, but as everything was going down with her during our pregnancy loss, my focus really became on her. And it was a scary time, but I gained much more appreciation for her and our marriage and our time that we got to spend together. And it really helped me see what I valued in life and what I didn't value in life. The second area of questions to ask yourself refer to exploring new opportunities or possibilities. So asking questions like, what trajectory is my life on? Am I headed down a path that I want to be on? If not, what possibilities have I not given much thought to? Or if so, is there more that I haven't even considered? What trajectory are we headed down? Are we living the life and legacy we dreamed of in the beginning as a couple? If dreams and desires have changed, are we on the same page and content with where we're headed? Or are we ignoring life paths that maybe need to be addressed? And so as Evan mentioned in this deconstruction phase, I really had to break down the expectation I had that my life and identity would be as a mom in that season. And so what did it look like for me to move forward without having children in the traditional way or along the timeline that I had planned? And so for me, where... My therapy and coaching practice had been something that I was slowly but surely building. New opportunities began to open up for me as I thought about approaching my life's work and calling more head-on than I ever had before. So even though I was having to question a lot of things, 
it really opened up a lot of things for me too, which was exciting. Part three is discovering a personal strength. Some questions might include, what do I want? What seems to be holding me back? What am I good at and what skills or strengths do I have? What am I afraid of? Do I consider myself to be a strong person? If not, why? What stories am I telling myself that lead me to believe this? Do I think more of myself or less of myself than I ought or of others? As I walked through this experience, some of these questions that stood out to me are, what do I want and what seems to be holding me back? At the time, I was working a job that was fine, but it wasn't something that I really enjoyed. And so in my deconstruction phase, I really started to evaluate that and what I did value about the time that I was spending at work and the strengths that I had and thought about what a different position might look like. And all of that led me to the position that I'm in today currently working with college students. The fourth category is reevaluating relationships. So I want you to take stock of your friends and family and ask, what does this person mean to me? How have they shown up for me or encouraged me? How have they not shown up for me or hurt me or taken more than they've given? How is my avoidance, procrastination, people-pleasing, passive aggression, inauthenticity, underfunctioning or overfunctioning interfering with my sense of fulfillment in my life and relationships? Am I confusing any of the above unhealthy behaviors with being Christ-like in my relationship? Have I gotten those two twisted? What are my values when it comes to relationships? For me, this was a really hard season of navigating relationships because when you face the hardest time in your life, you really begin to see who's going to be there for you and who's not. And like I said last week, I've gotten training in helping couples through pregnancy loss, and this seems to be a common theme and experience for couples that they feel somewhat isolated for a season, and relationships really begin to change as a result of who showed up for support and who didn't. And are you willing to forgive that and move on? Or was it so hurtful that new relationships are potentially formed? And so over the past several years, I've gotten even more intentional about the relationships that I invest time in. And some of that required some repair of relationships that fell off at the time or people who weren't there for me. Some of that has been letting go of relationships, and then some of that has been making even more of an intentional effort on my part, especially since I have the time. I'm in a phase of life where I can invest and reach out and give more than maybe some others, but whom I still really value and care for and want them to know that I love them and want to show up for them. The final category is deepening or challenging your beliefs. Some questions might include, what do I believe about myself and why? What do I believe about the world and why? What do I believe about God and why? How have people in my life, my family, friends, peers, church, community, and or culture contribute to a positive belief system about myself, the world, and God? How have they contributed to a negative belief system about these things? What spiritual experiences have I encountered throughout my life? What things do I believe that don't line up with what I know to be true? What can be learned from any mismatches between what I believe and how I live? 
How can those things be reconciled and lead to a deeper experience of faith? So as I was thinking about these questions, what really stood out to me was that without realizing I was living a life that was really controlled by cultural constraints or cultural normalcies. When I really asked myself, what do I believe about myself and what do I believe about God? I realized that so much of that was tied up in culture and the culture and circumstances in which I was living, and they weren't necessarily true. And so being able to deconstruct these things really was beneficial as I began to think about what the future might hold for myself and my relationship with God and my relationship with Kinsey and how I envisioned our life together. So there you have it, 40 existential questions to become more mindful in your life and marriage and to become more conscious and aware of the life you're living. Your action step for today is to download the worksheet we've created with these questions to ask in your own life and marriage. We'd encourage you to take a Sunday afternoon or a weekend getaway or even to reevaluate these questions annually, as I have some friends that do who get a way to talk about their dreams, life goals, and trajectory together. If that sounds like something you'd be interested in or could benefit from in your marriage, you can download these questions at bravemarriage.com 059. Again, that's bravemarriage.com 059. Our prayer for your marriage this week is that no matter what season you're currently walking through, that you would trust the Lord with all of your heart leaning not on your own understanding, but that in all of your ways, conversations, and contemplation of life, that you'd acknowledge him and that he would direct your path. Talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Love is not a bad Love is not a bond Love is just as fragile as it is